questions about birthdays today. Just super uh, easy, fun questions. Can we ask you a couple? Uh, yeah, sure. It'll only take a second. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, all right. How about what did you do for your birthday this year? Um, nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Literally yeah. nothing? Yeah, I don't think I did anything at all on my birthday. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't gotten that response today, but I mean, that's good. like, it's what you want. You no pressure. Yeah, just a really chill out day. Yeah. yeah. Like, that. Do you celebrate birthdays? Do you, do you like birthdays? I don't dislike but I like other people's birthdays. Okay. But for me, it's like, uh, it's like more effort. Like, I'd rather not, like, my present to myself is that I don't have to put in the effort. Happy birthday to you. Happy Welcome back to Happy Birthday, the podcast. This, this is the podcast. What is Happy Birthday? <laughs> and it is great to be back. That's right, Joe. And uh, I'm excited about today's one. Me too. But before we get into that, welcome to Happy Birthday, the podcast. <laughs> this is the podcast where we explore birthdays from all sort of uh, perspectives, feelings, angles. thoughts, angles. Yeah, I like angles. Yeah. And who the heck are you? Um, I'm nobody, by the way. <laughs> but yes, I'm Jeremy, and uh, I am. You go first. Okay. <laughs> well, we're not sure who that is, but <laughs> I can tell you that I'm Joe Power. Um, I am the founder of greeting card company Things by Bean. So, as you can imagine, I I find that birthdays are a big part of my life. As a maker of birthday cards, a baker of birthday cakes, a brainstormer and actualizer of birthday crafts i'd say i agree with all you've said <laughs> thank you and <I'm... laughs> if you tried to contest that i would be like uh-uh <laughs> you look at my mother flipping website i'm working on a prosecution case don't worry <laughs> um and i'm jeremy by the way um i'm host of conversations at climates uh, a climate change based uh podcast and talk series um, today we are going to be talking about the the wider birthday birthday industry. Yeah. So um, maybe you can explain that a bit more. <laughs> so today we're going to be looking at the birthday industry, and when we talk about the industry, it's more about how the birthday has evolved and moved from the sort of more intimate in-house ritual to a bit more of a, a big uh, multi-million dollar industry. With lots of different sort of uh, markets from, you know, party planning, entertainers, to balloons, you know, greeting every cards. sort of greeting cards. <laughs> um, every little bit of detail that you kind of take for granted that happens at a birthday party exists in a probably big industry somewhere. And a, there is a big collection of people who are very much interested in uh, growing that or yeah. contributing to that or uh, evolving it. Birthday trends. um celebrities become a big part of the birthday engine room now because people will follow celebrities and what they do and that in turn will influences how they do their birthdays next time um absolutely people yeah. have insight into that now because they'll post about it on social media and suddenly it's another status thing where they're doing this so you want to do it too or they're doing this for their child so you want to do it for your child because you think it's um I don't know. It's interesting how status is a way of showing your appreciation for someone, I guess. Yeah, it is. A status symbol, yeah. And I'd be very interested to think <clears throat> about the birthday industry and how that, how they follow celebrities and then try and preempt the demand for that. And 
particularly, I don't know, if you, when you go through shops or various spaces to collect your birthday paraphernalia, um, it's interesting to see how it's evolved since we were kids Yeah. to now having a kid, to me now meeting people who have kids, <laughs> um, and what's available is incredible. All right, before we get right into it, I want to share a little bit of birthday news with you. Yes, please. It's kind of on topic. Oh. Um, because I think it might be the latest birthday trend. Oh, <laughs> cool. I was hoping some uh, trend <laughs> casting was going to happen today. So you might be a little surprised by this trend forecast. Um, I'll call it the... The... Um, the up-and-coming birthday toilet trend. Um, so... <laughs> There's this little girl in the States recently who was really keen to have a very unusual theme for her third birthday party. Um, can you guess what she wanted that theme to be? Was it a potty training theme? Clothes. Ooh. Poop. She just wanted poop. <laughs> she wanted poop. Oh. So she wanted poop balloons. She wanted a poop cake. She wanted she wanted a poop pinata. And her parents came through. <laughs> And so for her third birthday party, it was poop themed. This is a quote from her mom. She said, For months, every time we mentioned her party, Audrey requested poop balloons and a poop cake. I tried suggesting other themes, but she always insisted on poop. It all started with the little girl falling in love with the poop emoji. She thought it was super cute. <laughs> and um, and it just uh, kind of evolved from there. So is poop trendy now? Is is are there going to be other poop parties going on in the world? Are there already poop parties going on? Well, poop <laughs> and those cute poops, like emoji <laughs> formats. Uh, there is there is already an industry there that's not necessarily birthday related, but there's a lot of... Uh... I've seen poop pillows, like the poop emoji pillows. Oh, I've seen like posters with different uh, types of poops, <laughs> personalized, you know. Um, what do you mean by that? Well... <laughs> Excuse me. If we can get a little bit human for a minute here. Okay. Um, when you go to the toilet, I don't think every poop is going to be the same. And they might take on particular uh, characteristics depending on what you've done throughout the day or yeah. eaten. Um, and so they've decided to create poop characters based out of those little <gasps> types of poop. Oh. Yeah. So, like, how specific are we talking? Like, you just you had a curry three hours ago poop? Or, yeah. Okay. Um, maybe not specifically like curry related, but they might just turn that into a character. Um, so you know, you got your your hot poops if you've had a lot of chili. <laughs> you know, um, and I can't remember specifically what characters they created, but that's what they would be. And you know, it might be like the more chilled out, relaxed poop, or the bit more aggressive, or the <laughs> the happy poop, or the yeah. princess poop, and things like that. Wow, I haven't seen that. I've got to look it up. So I mean, it's happening. The poop trend is. Yeah. It's um. It's on the rise. Can I just entertain the idea, if you were to take that idea to full fruition, I think you'd have to have proper toilet thrones at the table. So everyone's sitting on the toilet. Or like the old Roman times, and because birthdays are inherently Roman, you should have a crap box. Oh, yeah, where you can poop. At at the the gladiators, and um, a lot of the men who went to do deep thinking did it in the crap (laughs) box. And it was literally like a box that they could just 
Man, it went to go do deep thinking. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go do some deep thinking. I'll, yeah. I'll right well, back. I do fantastic thinking in there. I don't know about you. Um, do you pretty do much, where I'm gonna write my thesis is in the toilet. <laughs> in the crap box. Yeah. Well, you do feel really good after doing a good poop. Have you heard about that? It's an actual profession from, I guess it was medieval times ish. Some there was actually someone whose job it was, and you know, people would pay them. They'd have a huge cape a really broad, expansive cape, and they'd walk through the streets, and if someone needed to take a poop, they would envelop them in their cape so they could have some privacy, and the person would give them, I don't know, a little, a penny, or whatever the equivalent was, you know, just a little bit of money. <laughs> and they have a funny name, but I can't remember what it is. And, um, yeah, they would just, um, <laughs> they were the first toilets, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, whoever came up with that idea is a pretty entrepreneurial person. You'd have to be back then, right? Yeah, because there wasn't anything, no infrastructure or anything. Yeah, in place. and knowing that it was like there was a market for um, some privacy while pooping, hmm. just be like, okay. Well, how can we give people that privacy? How can we give the people what they want? A huge cape. We take that for granted so much that we can poop in privacy. I don't take it for granted. I do. Because I, d- I don't really poop in private anymore because my son's <laughs> always in the bathroom, like pressing his face against the shower glass, like uh, holding up the toilet paper to me saying, what's this? What's this? What's this? <laughs> Climbing on a step stool and falling mm. off. It's, um, it's, it's intense. Cool. <laughs> just like, honey, 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 it's okay. Just leave me alone, sweetheart. <laughs> it's, it's tough. <laughs> What's the age bracket when that sort of you get a bit more firm and you're like, all right, buddy, um, I've been very patient with this and uh, I just need. I don't know. I guess it's the age that you can leave you can yeah. leave them outside of a room yeah. without watching them, you yeah. know, because if I left him in the house, just I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's coming out and like the whole house is falling apart somehow. And yeah. then he's standing there just like banging something. Going, ah, oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> if he's going to like, so if we, if we do like a, um, he says, uh-oh, if something mm. falls and he loves to knock over stacks of blocks. Mm. So you'll stack up like 20 blocks and he'll knock them down. And if you stack one up and he's on the other side of the room, he'll spot it from the other side of the room and he'll walk towards it. Like his lumbering, awkward walk. And as he's approaching, he'll go, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> It's like in, ant- in anticipation of knocking it over. I was thinking that would make such a good villain in a movie, like this giant baby, like who's gonna knock down a building, like oh, oh. I was thinking the next Godzilla film, like that'd be incredible so villain. Oh wow, it's so funny. Oh my god, you need to uh, take advantage of this and make a little. Short film. I do I'll put it in slow mo and like create a little miniature city. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Okay. So, okay. anyway, that's we're, it we're for birthday news. Well, it's not though, Joe. I hate what? to tell you, what I'm you gonna piggyback about? off your birthday All right. news. Be this happy to give you a piggyback ride. This one's a little, a bit of a funny one because it's very uh, politically topical, if you will. Um. Do you know a little bit of a, about a country called North Korea? Uh, I know as much as I can know. Okay. It was their birthday uh, recently. Really? Um, so it was oh, three weeks ago now. And, uh, of course, there's going to be celebrations for a country's birthday. So how do you think 
North Korea would want to celebrate such a birthday? Oh man, it would be it would be bleak. It's probably going to be really depressing. Like maybe people had to dress up and reenact like some scenario of the. Am I close? <laughs> you um, you're right about reenacting something. Okay. And for you, it's definitely probably a bit more. Maybe not anymore because you live in Australia, and maybe you you identify more as an Australian. But um, we all know that North Korea has a bit of a, a beef against uh, America. Did they reenact 9-11? No, they didn't. Oh, good. Um, did they reenact Pearl Harbor? No. They made up their own little scenario about... Uh, the president? America being missiled and destroyed. <gasps> so what they did is they actually had put a lot of the effort into um, mocking up a video of missiles striking the United States. Like land, major landmarks or something? Yeah, I think so. Um, and so they projected in this big procession with the big military display. I can't um, believe I didn't hear about this. I wonder how, what the response in America was like. Shit. Yeah, and there was... Um, I'm maybe laughing. I don't know. I mean, um, it's like it's like absurd. Flag burning <laughs> was also there, like pictures of the American flag burning. And I've seen that happen in Australia before, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, shooting like massive uh, giant balls of flames into the sky and in America. Um, yeah, and the pretty much everyone was cheering in an ecstatic joy and celebrating this sort of video with um, uh, Jong... Sort of waving and smiling in in this sort of procession, and I thought, oh my god, oh what a very what a violent and yeah aggressive. I keep thinking like, <laughs> what is this country doing? It keeps trying to define itself in this weird little way about being in opposition to everything. It's like we are North Korea, but we're only North Korea because we hate America. And we hate this, yeah, and, oh. like North Korea versus the world. Like that's their shtick. Uh, North Korea, listen to this episode because we're about to give you some hot trends you could follow and missile aim strikes at America is not one of them. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm not forecasting You're that as a birthday Totally trend. off trend, off trend. <laughs> They're not known for being on trend, no. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so industry, what do you have to say about the industry? What should we kick off with? Well, I'm going to start with it's an interesting article that I read with the ABC News, and um, it doesn't really delve into all the big stats and figures, but it, it sort of approached it from interviewing different stakeholders in the birthday industry. So um, cake makers, uh, balloon uh, purveyors, providers, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and entertainers who are also a part. I always forget about entertainers. I've got a lot on entertainers. That's my main ah, topic for the day. So yeah. It's well, good that you kind of neglected it. But it, it sort of just started out with this, pretty much it was an interview-based sort of article where they were just basically getting people's these people's take on how the industry has changed and what they've, how they're more involved than they've been before. For example, this uh, birthday cake uh, store, was commenting on how now parents are paying up to $300 for a three-tier cake. Particularly now, it's all the handmade elements of a cake that have become a very uh, focal point, if you will. What this article begins to build a bit of a picture is it's always about parents 
coming into stores and asking for these things. So there doesn't necessarily seem to be a demand from, but definitely a drive for kids' birthdays. And okay. parents might go to another birthday party um, and see someone else doing something. Ponies, you know, oh, so-and-so had uh, this beautiful Nepalese chocolate fudge Himalayan salt cake. Um, that sounds incredible. I want the Amazonian um, pink dolphin um, <laughs> milk. <laughs> Dolce leche, if I can, please. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> can you make that cake for me, please, for your next Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the person that I spoke to has suggested now that it doesn't really matter how much cakes are now because... The demand is there and people will pay the high premium for it. So money has become no object. That's right. And like the price isn't necessarily proportionate to the labor or no. has the labor become more intensive well, as well because of these, this, you know, extravagant elements. I don't think they're going to reveal much in that. Like I don't. Oh yeah. They wouldn't say this is the cost price of the cake. No. <laughs> yeah. That's you know, not in their interest. They're really going to try and talk into how much and why they would yeah. be spending it. So I think they could have a huge markup. Totally. And then you, you add on to that probably now how the birthday cake industry would now be completely nuanced in terms of addressing the many, many uh, dietary requirements which probably have relevant groundings but now are a marketer's dream because it just means they've got a whole other range they can contribute to the existing range. It's kind of given them a marketing tool, like a way to reach a new audience automatically. Mm. And... I mean, I know that ingredients cost more if they're specialty or, you know, sustainably sourced in many cases, but it also gives them a chance to mark up again. Definitely. Like, not that everyone's exploiting people that have those dietary requirements or have those social concerns, but it's definitely a possibility that they'll mm. mark up more than they need to. Like, from what I observe, a lot of those, and it, it, it's hard because our food systems are designed that way, but a lot of those dietary requirements are the more expensive or premium end of the spectrum because yeah. um, I guess it does cost more because uh, scales of economy. So um, a lot of everything's engineered to do, say, make food a particular way. And so you have all the systems in place. You have new ways of making food, then you don't necessarily have all the infrastructure there yeah. to accommodate that. So there's a bit more manual labor put into it. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on, uh, they spoke to an entertainer, Steven Spiegelhauer. Um, <laughs> cool. cool name. Good pronunciation. Too. That's not his real name. <laughs> I do, I, I'm, I'm calling it out. I, it says it's his real name, but Spiegelhauer, that's... There's a lot of made up names floating around. That's an entertainer's name, <laughs> sure. Um, he's talking about his experience at performing at kids shows and quite often he would only ever be the only person there and that would be his common experience like i'm the entertainer i'm gonna be at the party but he said now recently he would commonly meet two or three to four other entertainers or other um, people being contracted at wow. birthday parties and so his experience of that um, has dramatically changed and we're talking that these particular entertainers or things can run up to $200 a pop for a party. Sheesh. Um, like as if they need four different entertainers. Yeah. That's and crazy. His, <clears throat> his sort of opinion was um, parents were subconsciously competing with each other. Um, Definitely. That would be Like I assumption. said before, they'd go to another party, see something there, and they want to try and also have that because they thought, wow, everyone enjoyed it. 
Um, moves on to speaking to someone who is a, a balloon purveyor. Um, I don't want to mention her name because that seems like a real name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love how you just decide if it's their real name I know, or not. Spiegelhauer. <laughs> Spiegelhauer. Um, like Colleen Guy from Texas. We're still not, <laughs> still not on board with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Who's that? That's not a real person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so Tigan was convinced that the competition was far from subconscious and it was quite deliberate. Um, this one-upmanship, she says, is a common thing in her experience too. Um, so from decorating, you can imagine balloons were... I don't know my experience from what I can remember they were probably the more minor detail of parties now and then you can probably see them as she said they would just go from a small little bunch on the table to now filling up the whole entire room yeah um, in more elaborate ways and elaborate shapes and I guess the capacity to do wonderful things with balloons have changed a lot different shape sizes prints yeah totally color scheming now foil balloons have revolutionized things like oh, you know the yeah. ones that are really beautiful like there's this brand in the states that i love um it's called studio diy and yeah she makes her own line of foil balloons and they're just insane like there's tacos unicorns donuts mm. emojis like they're just awesome and that's what she was saying is like it's incredible for her the sales have completed like diversified incredibly because of this you know and um she has a lot more of a i guess a prominent involvement in parties now um and it, she also has said that the advent of pinterest and instagram has been a big contribution to this increase in sales and this increase in demand. Um, as you know, like you jump onto Pinterest and all of a sudden you fall into this hole of like, oh, yeah. you know, I want that, I want that, I want that. That's cool. That's amazing. Um, yeah, you get like a birthday party board going and mm. it just be, it gets out of control. It She's snowballs pretty quickly. Her common experience is like parents coming in with a photo from Pinterest or Instagram and saying, I want to replicate this. Yeah. And so then her job now is to try and match that. Yeah, I totally agree. Like it used to just be balloons would be a bunch of 10, you know, a variety of colors in that bunch, just standard eight centimeter diameter balloons. And now it has to be extravagant. Like the party shop owner or whoever has to know how to create a beautiful arrangement from those balloons or they have to have these really unusual and hard to find colors because it's what people are seeing on Instagram or, you know, these unusual shapes and they have. That I imagine have to work quite hard to stay up to date with these trends mm. so they can give people what they want. Yeah. And that's a huge industry shakeup for that them. That is a huge industry shakeup. Yeah. And I mean, it's happened gradually. So I guess hopefully they've been able to keep up. But if mm. they if they don't stay on top of that, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine them doing as well as someone that does keep up with it, keep up with the trends and what's being posted on Instagram and Pinterest. I do wonder too on that, that typically I imagine you would have the more all-encompassing one-stop shop for birthday supplies and accessories and decorations. But realizing, I mean, this is my brief sort of reflection, that the presence of more specialized stores now probably are a good indication of how well uh, the birthday industry is going because um, yeah. it can cater for people just to sell just balloons, you know, it can cater for people maybe just to sell 
candles. I don't know if there is a candle store. I don't think we're that far advanced yet. Yeah. <laughs> Just birthday candles. <laughs> Just birthday candles. Wow. They better at least, yeah, yeah. sell. All sorts of sizes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. And I'm seeing it pop up everywhere. Like it's often, um, often online boutiques now. Mm-hmm. And very specialized um, cake decorating supplies. Mm-hmm. Very, I mean, very specialized. Like there's this one that I love called Melt Bake Shop and it's new. And it's just, it's just incredible. Like they probably have a thousand different kinds of sprinkles. Really? Yeah. I mean, they're stunning. Like they have these beautiful galaxy sprinkles that have, you know, little tiny celestial bodies and glitter and it's just <gasps> stunning. They have giant um, gold embossed sprinkles, like the size of um, like raspberry bullets. They ha- I mean, they're just so extravagant. Um, and I'm seeing shops just like that pop up for every aspect of party throwing. Wow. It's yep. incredible. It's incredible. I mean, it's, I, lo- I love it. It's visually like such a feast, um, but it can be overwhelming because you want to do it all. <laughs> like, I want all thousand kinds of sprinkles, which if you multiply that by each sprinkle is like tens of millions of sprinkles. Too many sprinkles. I'd be interested in talking a bit more about entertainers. Oh, great. Well, how about you uh, delve into what you've got to share? Okay, I'll warn you beforehand that I got into a, um, a clown abyss. So a lot of this is about clowns. Abyss is really yeah. the apt choice of word. <laughs> I was going to say a clown hole, but that made me feel disturbed. <laughs> Potato, potato. <laughs> sure. Clown hole. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. Um, okay, so first I started by making a list of types of kids party entertainers because mm-hmm. almost everything I found was about kids entertainers, even mm. though I know they're entertainers for grown-up parties but maybe that's just a bit more mm. lewd mm-hmm. you know yeah usually involving scantily clad mm. people mm-hmm. um so i didn't get very far because then i got i fell into the clown hole but i just had kids djs meh magicians meh <laughs> characters such as disney mermaids princesses fairies superheroes pop stars pirates blah blah yep. and then i got to clowns <laughs> so there's actually evidence that clowns performed um, as more of a jester vibe in the court of pharaohs during um, 2500 BC. Mm. That's the earliest known clown. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a long ass time ago. Um, that is so long ago. That's like 2500 plus mm. 2017, 4500 shit. Um, okay. So recently I was wondering if people still hire clowns for kids' parties because I, had, I suddenly had this, I was struck with this fear. I was like, Oh, God, I can't even imagine inviting a strange man in costume to my house full of children. Like, that scares me. And I'm a little bit paranoid about sickos, but st- it made me feel scared. It's like, are people still doing this? They do commonly come across people being afraid of them because, you know, clown phobia yeah. is kind of a common thing. Yep. And so I looked into that, and some researchers say it's because of something called the uncanny valley effect. Have you heard of that? No. It's really interesting. Uncanny so, valley effect. Yep. So this is usually used for computer graphics and robots, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they apply the same theory to clowns. So according to research, um, if something that is not human Mm. starts to look more human, but still doesn't look quite human, we become more afraid of it. So the idea began with robots, like I said. Um, So we're pretty comfortable with robots that are, you know, big and clunky and, you know, don't look very humanoid boxy bodies and doodads and whatever sticking out of it but if you think about a robot that looks 
kind of like a human, but it's just a little bit off. Like any robot that they're trying to make look like a human because the technology isn't there yet. Suddenly the robot becomes scary Mm. or at least unsettling, even if it has the same functions as the robot that doesn't look anything like a human. So there's a point on this scale between robot and human where we're repulsed. Mm-hmm. And scientists call that point the valley, um, the, un- the valley, mm. which is where the name uncanny valley effect comes from, mm-hmm. where that familiarity dips yeah. down into creepiness. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is why people can be off-put or even scared of clowns because they look like people, but they're just slightly off. And that makes people feel unsettled. It also applies to maybe a person that has had a lot of plastic surgery and it hasn't been done that well you know how it makes you feel scared it yeah. makes well it makes me feel scared Did, and it's not it's, it's it's a weird response like it's not like oh they look disgusting it's actually kind of a a, a fear like mm. it's um so they have done a little bit of research into what's actually happening in your brain when yep. that happens and researchers think that it might result from a violation of your brain's predictions so when we anticipate one thing but we see another so we see our first look at this form it's like oh that's a person but then you see it starting to move and act you're like that's not a person Mm. we made an error and that error that our brain made made us makes us shy away from it and reject it that's because what you're talking about too is seems like a, a common problem with artificial intelligence like you're talking about and the development of these new, uh, I guess, proxy human uh, vessels. Yeah. Um, and that's the biggest problem is like, uh, no matter what, you can't really replicate a human in that sense. And yeah. Yeah. Because your brain knows organic versus... Like, nope, nope. That's really interesting. Yeah, cool. And so this is the clowns. So it's just that it sort of breaks the uh, mold of how you perceive a human. Yeah. Um, but yet it's still close enough to touch the human that you're brain doesn't like, want to wait. let go it's like yes exactly. but no, but yes and oh. and it hates it it doesn't like that your brain wants to know what's going on and be able to categorize things yeah. properly and predict behavior so oh, very brain. interesting yeah so clowns at parties um it's still definitely an industry entertainers at parties mm-hmm. but i think it is also evolving i don't think that you can get i mean i don't know this might be an old sad stereotype but i don't know just like old men dressing up as sad clowns <laughs> yeah. i don't know i don't think that that i've read that these entertainers are holding down many many jobs and they're tired and strung out and maybe that's not the case anymore mm. because the standard has risen for birthday mm. parties maybe now it's becoming a job that you can live on and a job that people are actually devoting themselves to bit being more, a child's entertainer a bit more respect um, yeah a bit and, more money for sure yeah totally and i do wonder I'm always interested in the cultural context and because um, a lot of my references for that story you're talking about, that creepy down and out man who's an entertainer and kind of a bit jaded with life. Exactly, yeah. Is <laughs> inherently American story that I've seen. I, I, <laughs> it is. Um, and I don't know about that landscape in Australia, but um, I definitely feel the uh, tension of being an entertainer at a party. Joe, I don't know if I've told you this. But I was Winnie the Pooh at one birthday party. Really? And I may have mentioned it in one of the episodes. Um, and my payment was lolly bags. Um, and so, yeah, I had to dress up in a Winnie the Pooh costume and in front of kids. Full costume? Head? 
like head to toe yeah. and it wasn't the most convincing costume i would say i don't know if it's a kid's capacity for imagination that transformed me into winnie the pooh because they were somewhat convinced and of course towards the end they're like hang on you're not winnie the pooh they caught on by the end they caught on and i, I was like yeah. were they asking you questions like how did they catch on um i can't remember distinctly um but i think probably just more so that I resembled more of a Jeremy than I did <laughs> yeah. and a lot of them are familiar with me. Um, but it was, it was interesting that they were willing to entertain the fact that I was this character and maybe not the cartoon character, but a, you know, an embodied version of Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Um, but straight away you're under scrutiny from kids. They're like, who are you? What are you trying to be? So true. And I wonder if it's this belly effect in the kids format, like either they're scared or they're like, hang on a second. I'm really going to get to the bottom of what this thing is because I smell a phony here. Yeah, they're getting like they're getting that conflict in their brain too, but mm. they respond to it totally differently than an adult does. Like they're like they have no filter, so no, they'll just right. start interrogating the shit out of that. Do you know how hard it is to try and then like maintain composure? <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> this is like a, a deaf community as well, so I was also speaking and having to sign, and I think the signing is probably what um, gave it a bit away because. As soon as a character can sign, that like kids, even I was when I saw Santa signing. I was like, "Hang on a second. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense that Santa should be able to sign, but should he be able to sign? I don't know. Interesting. Um, that's what tipped you off. That's what tipped me off. Is just like, wow, like I've never Santa, seen sign. Santa is amazing. He can do everything. But I was like, but is he? <sighs> wow. Anyway. Kids, you can't get anything past them. No. Good on them. Good on them, kids. Good on them. Keep asking questions, kids. Stay in school. Keeping everything real. Hey, did you know, speaking of staying in school, this is totally unrelated to birthdays. Maybe we could somehow make it related. See if you can make this related <laughs> to your job. <laughs> did you know that, um, so using kids as a cl- in a classroom, as an example, when a group is listening and learning at the same time, their brainwaves sync up? I've heard a very similar thing. Cool. Um, and not just kids, but uh, across the board in a collective sense that this is a particular element that is, I think, quite normal in a human experience. Um, I think when you watch a movie, um, if you're at a, a gig, listen to a song. Yeah, that's really interesting. So yeah. um, meditating, for example, that's a very much a reported experience. It's something I felt is the sort of, sort of the synergy of energy in that area of that space that everyone's really on the same level it's cool you can you can really feel it like you said Mm. that that synergy it's awesome i think like at birthday parties um i've definitely experienced that feeling of uh being on that level where the the energy of the room and everyone is sort of on sync yeah and you're thinking about the same person wishing the same person well exactly yeah Yeah. there you go tied it in thank you thank you so much i would like to ask you a question okay if you had to think about what particular type of birthday industry was destroyed by Facebook? Which one do you think it would be? How, how specific are we talking? Is it an entire industry or is it a subset of one industry? It's calling it an industry. Um, okay. And it could be a subset, but I think at one point it was its own industry until Facebook came along. Because my first thought was the invitation industry, but then I thought that was part of a broader industry. Mm. So it's not that? It's the precursor to the to the um, invitation. So it's it's at the point in which we, particularly in this day and age where our memories 
aren't as vast as they can be. Um, the birthday notification industry. There was an industry for notifying people, apparently. Allegedly. Oh, in what form? Like, how did they notify people? Actual human beings going... So, I don't know if you heard of Bebo. Oh, I've heard of Bebo, yeah. Yeah, my brother used to be on it. It's another thing. So they It was were like a social networking site? Yeah. yeah. So, originally, they were just a simple birthday reminder platform. Oh. Um, and they had 100 million users, and they were bringing in 4 million a year. Oh my gosh, just um, as a birthday reminder. revenue from e-cards, gift purchases, things like that. So they were a good sort of birthday prompt. Oh my um, gosh. And I think in the various other ways, um, Birthday Alert, which was another platform which was designed to help remind people about birthdays. Um, they had 180,000 active users. Wow. Monthly users. Um and it doesn't go into too much detail about a whole bunch of other things, but I imagine there would have been a lot of other sort of apps or programs or various other ways to remind people, um, you know, because obviously there is an issue. There is a place for that. Otherwise, totally. Facebook wouldn't have introduced it, right? Um, but then since Facebook's <clears throat> came along with, uh, you know, all their birthday notifications, you can get emails to remind you, uh, things like that. It's totally... Uh, crunched and cut out yeah i had i didn't know about that at all that's really interesting um did you know that facebook also says like obviously it tells you when it's your friend's birthday but then i think it's like the day after they say it was so-and-so's birthday and if you didn't write on their wall do you want to wish them a belated birthday or something like that ah, yeah interesting Facebook, you. all right well we should say goodbye i hate to say goodbye but you know mm. you gotta say it. it's one of those things mm-hmm. you gotta say sometimes mm-hmm. so thank you for joining us if you have ever thrown or intend to throw a poop-themed birthday party, please tell us about it. You can email us your story at happybirthdaypodcast at gmail.com. And as always, tell your friends about the show because we want more people to listen. There's somebody right now who is enjoying a birthday. We get to all celebrate them as people. In particular, we get to wish them a hip-hip hooray. And also, I just want to add, if there's anyone out there who's celebrating their unbirthday. Don't be sad, because here's a hip hip array to you too. It's that day that comes just once a year. When we are happy that you are still here. If you think you're getting old, well honey, let the truth be told. You only have eternity to go. Time around the sun. Now's the time you have to have more fun. Kick up your heels, enjoy the ride, and let your God above just drive. Now's the time when we all have to say, Have a happy birthday. Celebrate and dance with all your might.